Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Who do you want to watch? You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no substitute. Hello, good evening, and welcome, dear listeners, to Achtung Millwall 359, the real Millwall fan show. Joining me initially is Mr. Mike Hayden, the Yuri Skalak of the show. How are you, Mike? Hello, everyone. Hello, Nick. Yes, I'm very well. How are you? I'm well. I'm I'm, I'm recovering from the um, uh, the onslaught of last night's one-all draw with Luton, and we're hoping to speak to Aaron. He may join us as the as the call proceeds. So um, we'll keep an eye out on the Zoom for for the arrival of Aaron, who's covering Brentford. I think they're playing non- Norwich tonight. I believe Mike. Big game. Big, big game, game. top yeah. of the table, clash. So Aaron's covering the big game, but you and I, Mike, we don't engage in such big issues. We watch the I follow <laughs> Luton Town <laughs> versus Millwall. Um, what a what a dreary, dreary contest that was last night. And I um, struggle for words on this one because it follows so quickly on the back of a nil-nil draw at the weekend with Wickham, which was also in its way dreary. Um, but last night's uh, contest just seemed to me to be so uh, aimless and the, the team that started just lacked desire and I think that's probably the thing that I took away from it. How did you see last night's draw in the end? Yeah, maybe it's desire but I think it's quality as well. I think we'll get on to talk about our long injury list uh, yeah. and I think that's definitely played a big part on some of the last two uh, performances. Yeah, it was disappointing. I wasn't sure what to make of Luton. I think they've had um, a much better season probably than a lot of us actually thought. Um, but judging by that, they were diabolical as well, if I'm <laughs> honest. It was, yeah, two you know really poor sides. And um, yeah, it was disappointing. And I think it reminds me a little bit of when we were on that terrible run of form where we were just so toothless in front of goal and yeah. basically not even creating chances. It, it kind of felt like a throwback to that, which is something that nobody wants to experience again, but we, we did last night. I think, I mean, last night's 11 was notable for the the dropping to the bench of, of Matt Smith after Saturday's um, 
uh, you know, he started Saturday. It didn't happen for for Matt. I think a lot depends for Matt Smith, Mike. If you know, he he needs a formation. He needs he needs a classic Millwall four four two formation with wingers that are going to put decent crosses in, and he will you know he'll feed off of that. But take that away, and he's he looks he looks lost on Saturday. And he, I didn't expect him to start last night, and instead we we had Budvarsson and, and Bradshaw, who I thought were absolute pony the pair Bradshaw particularly yeah absolutely yeah. pony. they were they were terrible I think when Smith came on he actually won every header and made the goal obviously so he still did make an impact in in some way um but yeah you're right he just can't move so you can't play him on top on his own and he needs that almost like that big man little man combination to be successful but Bradshaw and Budvarsson it was awful I think it's why I had about five pints in the end watching the game because I needed something to get me through it um but they are just horrendous um just no composure at all they uh, you know I think the perfect example was that Bradshaw one-on-one you know it was a really yeah. looked like a complete gift and for a number nine just to essentially miss control the ball and end up falling over the goalkeeper just shows a complete lack of quality and lack of composure but those two strikers are just time and time again proving that they're not good enough at this level um they you know they try hard i i would say um but they just have nothing going for them um so i think it's not you know necessarily a lack of confidence it's just a lack of quality nick and um i think we'll both would be quite pleased if if they move on in the summer they won't be missed yeah i i i I think i probably had more time and i don't know what i'm basing this on mike some kind of emotional reaction i I had more time for bradshaw coming into last night's game than maybe i I did for for bedvarsen um but the that that break in a way that was the moment where I broke. I thought, no, you, you're not good enough. This is this was a big opportunity. It was a break from defence, wasn't it? I think it was a, a loose ball in midfield. Um, a chance falls to Tom Bradshaw, who is a striker. He's a number nine. He was signed from Barnsley as a, as a finisher, um, a man that knows where the back of the net is. And his first touch was... I think I would have a first touch like that if I was put in that position. <laughs> <laughs> and then that took him kind of rightwards. And I think he made another, he overhit it still further rightwards. And that kind of killed, killed the moment whatsoever. And if, uh, no, that's, that's, that's what you're paid to do. That That's, you know, it's, it's a harsh business football, professional football. And that's, that's your moment. And it, it was just blown. It was, it was like watching, um, I think someone, uh, compared it online with watching Sunday football you know it was it was like that wasn't it it was appalling. it was but the thing is at championship level especially playing for Millwall you're lucky to get one chance you know <laughs> let alone a few so if you do get one you, you've got to take it I mean he's had a really disappointing spell with Millwall you know we spent over a million pounds on him yeah. he obviously had that really bad injury and was out yeah. for quite a long period of time but do you remember I think it was last season under Harris where he suddenly went on this goal scoring run and I remember myself and Harry I think Harry put a bet on actually sort of championship top goal scorer (laughs) which wasn't best advised because I think he barely scored a goal after the Christmas break but and then yeah as you say he's just not been able to to do it for us but he's a bit like almost a bit like Lee Gregory in in a way where you know he he does run around a lot and is is busy, but then when he gets on the ball, it's just his quality is so poor, and um, you know his finishing, as we've seen, is is not good enough. So 
Yeah, he, he's been, on the whole, a really disappointing signing for Millwall. I don't know when his contract is, or what his position is contracted. Mm. I would hope, and you know, it sounds cruel to say this, but this is the nature of the game. He's got to be one that's gone in the summertime. I think Bavarsen yeah. also has had his go. He never, you know, one goal was it? So they said on the, I was watching the Sky uh, coverage last night, and there's one goal in, I don't know how long, a long time. Mm. Um, and again, for, a, you know, um, a player that's played internationally, he's played in the European Championships. That's not good enough. I mean, you, you can't, I know, I know we're, we're suffering with injuries and, you know, we will come on to that in a moment, but that that track record of of lack of goals has done for us this season all those all those draws were potentially wins if only you could have got one more goal so that's yep. where the, the season's got away from us isn't it it has yeah and these two players should be responsible for scoring goals so they are certainly partially to blame in some of the uh, some of these draws this season um but yeah it's it's disappointing um with both of them because i think you know they both signed with quite promising reputations, um, yeah. you know, as you say, Bod Varson with his international pedigree. Although I think he's scored about three goals in sixty appearances for Iceland, so maybe we should have looked at those statistics before <laughs> signing him. But um, but yeah, another player with at times we've seen him play quite well, um, but you know, he's not he's not good enough. He's not doing it on a consistent level and he's not scoring goals, which you're paid to do as a striker. Yeah, quality, 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 as you said. Mm. I mean, the Woods and Thompson midfield, I, I don't like to say it, but uh, again, the, the combination there didn't work for us last night. Um, Ben's willingness to, you know, put his um, put the effort in is 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 laudable, and you know it's it's that's the Millwall fan in him coming out. But unfortunately, some of his touches last night were not were not up to scratch. No. You know, it's hard. But, you know, I don't know. He seems to be playing like he's playing on, an, on like an ice rink. Sometimes he just seems to like fall down at the times where you think, how has yeah. he just lost his balance there? But he as well had, I think, a couple of really good chances, which he just sort of. Sc- Guffed wide, um, you know, just outside of the box. But you would have thought a, a better player would have at least been testing the goalkeeper. Um, but he was very wasteful last night, and um, yeah, not not one of Ben's better performances. And you touched on Ryan Woods. Now I'd like to officially say I've had it with him now. You've joined um, the club. I think, I think I... I've joined. I've joined the club. I've joined the club. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, for a period of time, I I was living off these glimpses that we saw of of quality. Um, but I've got to say, in the last 10, 15 games, he has been woeful, woefully bad. Um, so I don't think he's going to be returning next season. I would find that a, a bit of a strange decision from Rowett uh, to, to give think, him another chance. Mike, do you think that Ryan Woods, and I, 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 don't, I don't believe in my argument here, listeners, so uh, you know, I, I'm trying to sell you a pup, really, but Woods would be a better player with better players in front of him, more movement, the classic um, defence for Ryan Woods is that he's got the vision, he's got the passing ability, he probably doesn't work in a two, he may work in a three where other people are doing the, the heavy lifting, the water carrying role to allow him to find the intelligent movement of other players, better players than Sadie Bidvarsen and Tom Bradshaw last night. Does that does that sound like a plausible argument? Would you buy that used car from me, Mike, if I mm. if I tried to offer it to you? I think I would go elsewhere, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I 
I, I can see what you're saying, um, but I, I think still an opportunity is when he does have time to play a pass. It, certainly in the last 10, 15 games, he's not been finding um, the men. And also Jed Wallace does make quite good runs in behind sometimes. Does, and, yeah. you know, so they're, they're it, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and perhaps Mason Bennett does as well, to be honest, as well as the wing backs kind of trying to get forward. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that could be made a case of any player. Of course, you're going to play better around other players. But, you know, I think with the money you'd probably sign him on and these big numbers that he's gone for in the past, you would expect him to be, that shouldn't matter for him. You know, he should be taking on himself to be the key player and be the key man. And and he's not done that. I mean, he just, he's basically like a broom just sweeping balls back to the (laughs) centre arts. That's all he seemed to do last night. It's just, it's, uh, you tear your hair out, but... No, I'd say no thanks for the car, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Move on to another car dealership. I don't blame you. I don't yes. believe it myself. Um, <laughs> second half dawn, I mean, it was a very drab first half. I mean, really, there isn't that much to talk about. I think they had a couple of um, moments. Um, we, we wasted a couple of chances. Mm-hmm. Bradshaw and Ben, they had a couple of hints of moments. There was, really wasn't much going on in the game I, I, I had to laugh it was, it was on Sky Sports Arena which was what I was watching and I had this vision of it being beamed around the world and people in you know downtown Manila watching this kind of, <laughs> <laughs> this very and, uh, English drudge you know <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know Kenilworth Road is far from an arena. I will say oh, that that's been very place. kind. Have you been before, Nick? I, oh, you, I, I was there in '85. Oh Christ, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> You've had the proper experience of a Luton Millwall game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was I've been a few times over, over yeah. the years, including Same. the infamous 1985 FA Cup quarterfinal. Um, me and along along with my, most of South East London, I think, crammed into a, a terrace <laughs> yeah. that was, uh, you know. Designed for 5,000, had about 15,000, 20,000 in there. Um, strange ground. I mean, I thought last night the floodlighting looked like it needed a few extra bulbs. It, it looked like when your um, spotlights in your kitchen, Mike, when, when one's gone, you have this kind of dark pool or suddenly, when otherwise it's a bright, you know, illuminated area. And it just had this kind of odd um, enclosed feeling. And the camera mm. angle, they've moved the cameras, I've noticed. I don't know if you picked up on this, but it used yeah. to be on the other side of the, of the ground, and you had that oh, yeah, strange right, yeah. garden shed-style stand that runs down one side, but now mm. it, it must have been on some scaffolding, and it, it gave it a kind of a, a, a colossal air, like it was like you're looking at the uh, the new camp or something, but it's not. <laughs> you know it's not. It's some dreary <laughs> place in the back doubles of, of Luton Town, but this goal, when it came, it had a kind of a feeling of inevitability for me. It was at the typical kind of scuffed feeling. <laughs> you knew it was going to come in in a very untidy route, and then, and so it turned out to be I mean, it was Ad, Adebayo who um, scuffled it underneath um, Bart. Yeah. yeah, poor goal from us to concede. I mean, I, I don't think throughout the game they really challenged us a lot, to be honest. I thought we defended pretty well, but we didn't have a lot to defend. Um, but on, on that occasion, I think... Um, I think Pierce may have been Pierce caught a bit flat-footed, and then Romeo sort of lost his man. But yeah, it's just—I think it summed up the game how shit that goal was. You know, just that scuff and just rolls into the net. I think it just sums up the quality on show uh, last night. And that provoked a couple of uh, what would, in the end, be quite um, important substitutions. Bradshaw left us sadly, not so sadly. Thompson left us uh, for Bennett and Smith, and I thought both brought a bit more energy. We, we started to look a little bit more. Um, you know, connected going forwards after that. Um, yeah. 
and they, they did have a chance. I got a great cross and, and had a Bayo heads over. So they, they still looked like they wanted to get that crucial second goal. But we did look a little bit more um, with it. And especially, I thought, when Tyler Bury came. And I, I like the look of this boy, don't you? Yeah, definitely. He's um, He's got that unpredictability about him, which oh, um, some is... some pace you, as well. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't teach that. Um, no. I, I, to God, I was going to compare him to Fred on your dimmer there, so I apologise <laughs> in advance, Tyler. But you know what kind of Fred used to do when he was playing okay? You know, you just never yeah. knew what he was going to do. And I think, you know, when he won that free kick where he just skinned two players, really, and then got taken down, yeah, it was an excellent bit of skill. And we don't really have that that natural skill in the team. I mean, Jed, to an extent, is skillful, but he's more of a runner, you know, um, making space and stuff. But he, um, yeah, he looks like he's got a lot of natural ability. Could do with getting on the weights a little bit. Um, you know, he's yeah. uh, quite a lean, but I mean, you know, the lad's only maybe 18, 18 so, or 19. Yeah, yeah, cut him a bit of slack. But uh, yeah, I think um, it's good to start seeing players like him. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully he's got an exciting future at Millwall. I think that's a good point. The I mean, we've said it about Ben Thompson in the past. You mm. know, this this league is for the the athletes. It's for the for the big guys who can, you know, put their weight around. And and, and you know, if you if you can't compete physically, and Tyler is only young, so we're not um, we're not knocking that. But he does have some work to do on that front because otherwise, as we've seen with Ben at times, I mean, he does fall over. And he's yeah. muscled off the ball a lot, Mike, isn't he? It's, it's a it problem, is. you know. It is. The goal, when it came, I must admit I'd given up on the game. I don't know about you. I, 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 was, I was starting to think about what scathing review and critique I might put on Twitter <laughs> um, when, when the moment finally arrived on 90 minutes plus four. Um, yeah. Great, great work by, by... It was a good cross, actually. From it was. Um, found Matt Very Smith. Um, nice work by Smith. Talking about yeah. strength, you know. I mean, he, he uh, as I said earlier, when he came on, I think when we did lump it into uh, his, his, his path, he, he won everything. So, uh, and he did the same in the box. But yeah, it was, it was a really e- excellent goal, to be honest, right, right at the end, we'd lump numbers forward. And, you know, Evans, that I think he'd not scored for maybe two and a half years to be yeah. in the right place and have the composure to nod it past the keeper was, was good. And um, I thought, I mean, most players were obviously poor last night, but I think George Evans... Sean again I think um, he's he's looking like a very good signing Nick I think he looks quality and you know we, we've 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 touched on the lack of it um, especially in that 11 last night um, but I thought Evans stood out like a you know like a beacon um, in on a dark night because his quality of passing and just getting himself into that situation at the end I mean yep. you know that that was that <laughs> that was the critical goal that somehow got us a one-all draw um, got us out of jail um, and keeps this unbeaten run. Is it? Is it nine games? Now? Yeah. Don't you feel it's a stress like fraud? <laughs> well, yeah, you do. I mean, especially as the last two games, games it. that we would have hoped to have won, probably looking at the fixtures uh, yeah. you know, a few weeks ago, maybe. But yeah, it does because it it just feels it. Well, it's just the inconsistent performance, isn't it? We've managed to scrape a draw there, easily lost that unbeaten run, but. I guess I guess you you gotta you gotta give credit. I mean, nine unbeaten is after not winning for like fifteen games or whatever it was to then go nine unbeaten with a, a mixture of draws and wins in the run is is on the whole positive. Um, although it's difficult to be positive following that drab performance last night, Nick. Positive. Um, there's the mm. never say die approach. I mean, that has to be the fact that the team didn't give it up. 
and still yeah. got that equalizer that, that you know despite the poor performance that's a positive it does sustain an unbeaten run that's somehow now stretches to nine games that's a positive that's yeah. a, that's um you know that's that's to be acknowledged and incredibly, in, in all honesty, and this is a bit that feels like a fraud to me, we're still in touch with the playoff race. I don't know if I should even be using that phrase, should I? <laughs> no. I, <laughs> it's nice to look up for other than down, but that's all I'm I'm kind of looking at. I mean, is it six points away? Um, six points. Yeah, and, um, no one's... I think it's still up, still up for grabs, but yeah, I think, you know, where we are at the moment, we're far from being a playoff team so it's nice to nice to dream isn't it Nick but I think that's all it's going to be this season we interrupt tonight's show to have a quick listen to a voicemail that Michael Avery sent us regarding last night's one all draw at Kenilworth Road let's go over to Michael and be back after the break one all Kenilworth Road that dump in Luton Town which I thought would have been torn down or they were talking about tearing it down weren't they I'm going somewhere else. Anyway, I digress. Um, awful game, awful, awful game of football, and um, and and it's just it's just frustrating it again. I mean, I know it's I know it's not a defeat, so we've got to be positive. But again, it's it's a a team who are, are nearish to the bottom of the table. You know, sorry, sorry, Mr. Hart, but I am going to go back to what you were saying when you was on with Ryan about being positive and being near playoff positions, but. Crikey, ironic. Imagine if that side broke into the top six and someone managed to get into playoff places in the last game of the season. I think you put your mortgage in as not making a final with, with that performance. Um, Ryan Woods gets a lot of stick. Sometimes it's deserved, other times it's not. Um, but if there's just nothing in front of him, is there, really? Jed, Jed was played, I think, out of position. He, he's a wide player. It was better getting down that right-hand side with overlaps from Marlon Romeo. Why play him central and then finish him up front? I don't know. You know, Gary Rowett works in mysterious ways. Um, good to see Evans get the goal really late on. 96th minute, I think it was. But got to do better than that. It's it, it's an away point. It's an away draw. They say win your home games and, and draw away if you want to do well on the table. So technically, I guess we're doing something right. But wasn't pretty. Come on, you lines. You're listening to After Normal. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It keeps it alive. I mean, you know, I'm just yeah. looking at the list of injuries and it is mm. a, a list that will do for us. I think mm. that's that's the truth of it. I mean, uh, Mahoney's a whore. Keithton Belt, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Cooper... Talk on the line online today that he may be able to come back from the um you know the the, the dislocated shoulder mm. this season. I, I don't know if that's wise in the words of Sergeant Wilson in Dad's army. I, I think the player is going to have a natural keenness to come back, and we we know Jake's spirit, but I just don't know if that's wise personally. Think, Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? It's, it's yeah, to get it's, right. Yeah, clearly it's an ongoing issue because I mean this is what he had when he missed a game a few weeks ago, didn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it sounds like, uh, and I am no doctor, listeners, <laughs> say, but it sounds like the sort of thing he may need surgery on. So I suppose is if you say that you know this this uh, this season's just kind of come and gone really now, and you know would maybe you do that surgery now and make sure that he's ready for next season? Perhaps that could be a good idea. But um, yeah, something's not quite right with his with his shoulder. His shoulder, it? not if you keep popping it. No, um, no. And- no but- you know, I just think long term. I think you're right. I think the word on the on on the internet is that he does need surgery and operation mm. of some sort. Um, and I guess this is the this is the harsh reality of professional sport in the end. And as much as it might seem an unlikely prospect to the likes of you and I, having watched that last night, as long as the outside possibility of playoff football exists, we're going to see players straining everything quite literally straining everything to get in with a chance because the there are big stakes here and and everyone professionally has to has to give it their best shot to achieve it um you know it even though it's remote they're going to give it a go and i think that will probably mm. if jake can come back he probably will do they might go for it yeah but i mean that quality in the side last night that that is more like a relegation type performance and side I think really talking about Bradshaw and Bodvarsson and you know I think um, to to name a few of these players out you know they're all maybe apart from Mahoney very important players from Illwall so to have them missing is huge and we all know our squad is not big enough you know to uh, to kind of cater for quality and, and depth so yeah, I mean, Kifton Bell, when he came in, Nick, that coincided with our upturn in form. So I think to lose him is huge. You know, Zahor is a striker who, although he's uh, not, not he's got his faults, shall we say, but he's the best of what we have. And, um, you know, Cooper's one of our best players. And I think Ryan Leonard has probably, for me, been player of the season. So to have all of these really important players out scuppers our chances. And I think I can see Aaron Paul from Brentford. Well, no longer missing. Uh, 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 The the wandering son has returned. And here he is from the Brentford (laughs) Community Stadium. Big welcome to Aaron Paul. I mean, look, some people, they they record podcasts in their living room. Some people, you know, try to do TV remakes. Mate, we're in a football league ground, pal. We are coming live from the Brentford Community Stadium. Nick, um, it's looking stunning, by the way. It is a lovely ground. Is that your first trip to the new ground there? No, it's it's my second. I feel like quite the omen here because um, the last time I came here, Brentford were 21 unbeaten. They've now lost, what, three, four in a row, something like that. Yeah. They've got nine players injured. Yeah, I, I don't think they like me around here very much. Yeah, injuries really, kill you in this really league, like. don't they? Um, I said in, injuries kill the promotion star. New song. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were just saying to, to, to Mike, Aaron, I mean, despite a very dreary and drab performance, somehow we've ground out a point last night and Mill's injury list is, you know, it's probably going to be the weight that, um, that, that holds us down in, in the division. But I think as long as there's the outside prospect of um, playoff football, let's say it, we're not going to see the kids. We're not going to see Hayden Muller starting. We're not going to see Tyler starting. We probably will see Jake Cooper straining every sinew to get out of the operation, out of the medical room, back into the first team. It's, there is still, despite the unlikeliness of it, there is still some big, big stakes on the table, aren't there? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. T-bone, if you like, Nick. T-bone. Um, but, you know, it's one where you sit and you think, until it's mathematically clear, will they will they sort of play the youth? I mean, just going back to your point about grinding out results, um, if you look at the actual stats of the game, it looks fairly balanced. It, it was a pretty fairly balanced game. I think... Millwall had like 14, 14 attempts to, to, to Luton's nine. Um, I think people expect Millwall to go to a club like Luton and just beat them, though. There's an expectation that maybe they should be beating those teams that are sort of down the bottom of sections of the league. Don't forget as well, this is a Luton team who haven't been in the best of form. I think it was one win in five in the league. And so you're always going to expect a bit of a reaction. They just got dicks 3-0 by Stoke as well. Stoke is shit. And, you know, the fact that a Luton team is going to go and get beaten by Stoke is, is, is kind of embarrassing to them. Now, the thing is, they like to play a certain brand of football as well. They like to stick it about. They like to pass. They like to attack. It's, it's a real, real interesting brand. Actually, if you are a Stoke fan, Stoke is kind of like the common denominator between that game yesterday. Obviously, Gary Rout and Nathan Jones both managed Stoke, both failed at Stoke, both spent yeah. a lot of money at Stoke. Yeah. Um, Gary Rout playing a certain brand of football. Nathan Jones playing a certain brand of football. And, and, and neither won. And it's quite ironic that it was a one-all draw yesterday because it was sort of just even. Everything is, is, is pretty much even. So, you know, again, going back to Mike's point, which I picked up on when I, when I joined the call, you know, the lack of squad depth is really, really, really starting to show it. Um, and, I mean, fuck me, there's got to be some serious recruitment in the summer if, if this club's going to push on because you can't go another season like that. No, no. I mean, I, 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 as listeners will know, I, I love to try and, you know, accentuate the positive on this show um, because the negative is too easy to fall into. But I think there are hopeful signs. When we, we were talking about George Evans, who I think has been a standout um, signing and, a, and an arrival that's really, really shone. Um, and I'm thinking of Keithton Belt, Michael Keithton Belt and, and Kenzo Hoare. Each of those three players, each of those three names come from a different level of football to, you know, let, well, let's say it, Tom Bradshaw um, and John Daddy and, you know, possibly even some of our own homegrown players. Um, they, they have that extra level. They're up the ladder by one or two notches. And I think that's the, it's going to be the interesting part of the summertime to see whether Rowett, continues with that that approach because that's the level that I think he clearly wants to achieve his his post-match comments kind of hinted at that is how much investment that's going to take I, I don't know but he, he does aim he is aiming high personally and professionally yeah I agree I think well I mean he's always come in and said his third season is going to be the big playoff push so it was a little bit of maybe an overachievement and surprise to us all how well we did you know in the end last season uh, and you know this season's been a topsy-turvy season you know we are almost like the definition of a mid-table side some really good performance and good wins and then the absolute polar opposite of that uh, as well so 
yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting what he plans to do in the summer. You know, we're under no illusions here that I think a centre forward is the number one uh, one the thing on Mr. Rowett's list. Um, and do you know what? I was thinking about this last night of how much I wish Kiefer Moore played for Millwall. I mean, the guy, now he's playing at a better side. He oh. is unbelievably good. His goal scoring, he can just do everything. And we almost need that almost like that Steve Morrison in his mobile prime or, you know, like a Chris Wood, a bit of an all-rounder. Matt, I'm, so, um, I'm sorry, Cameron Jerome could have done a job, but instead mm. he's playing for that shit camp of a club down, 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 well, up the M1, <laughs> where he shouldn't be anywhere near there. He could do a job. Glenn Murray could do a job mm. for, for Millwall. You know, don't worry, I'll have a word in his ear. I, I'll, I'll be sure to have Do, do. We need all the you help know, we can get. You just need an actual, someone... Uh, you know, it's that typical a fox in the box. It's not a fox in the box. It's someone who just knows how to stick it in the back of the net. Very, very simple. I mean, hope, hope lives on. The the unbeaten nine-game run and the late, late, late equaliser last night does keep us in the, however unlikely, in the game. We are now six points from Bournemouth. I know that there'll be listeners across the globe probably saying, get real, Nick. But, you know, we we have to... We have to let this 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 season has to play it in whatever way it's going to go. Um, we're up against Barnsley on Saturday, and I just I just noticed they just sit one point above us. It's actually a big game Saturday if we're going to sustain this. Um, I don't know how what formation um, Gary Rout will, will choose on Saturday because the Matt Smith is the only player that we seem to have that actually knows where the back of the net is and seems to show the strength and 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 um, positional awareness to to get there. But you have to kind of reform your whole side around Matt Smith. And whether whether Gary Rout will do that for Saturday, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game at Barnsley on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, they play they play a 3 5 2. I watched them ironically at Brentford, I think it was uh, a couple of Sundays ago. And they were very, very, very good. Very yeah. well drilled by, by their coach, Valerian Ishmael, the former uh, Crystal Palace centre half who, who came in um, to replace Daniel Stendhal at Barnsley and you know what they've got this money ball method they're trying to bring in players from the continent and really do things differently they've got a real solid front line they've got Courtney Woodrow scoring goals they're, they're a really really good side Barnsley who are in the next few years if they can be consistent they will be able to sort of they'll be able to challenge sort of you know in the playoffs in the mids of the table and, and the playoffs if they can keep things going and consistent um, it's, it's, it's going to be a real tough one it's going to be a real real tough one they're very well drawn, as I mentioned, very well coached. They'll set up strong in the 3-5-2 and they will stick to it. And believe me, they will. Cam, they've surprised everyone as well, Barnsley. This must be their best season in years, if you think about it, in regards to being actually in the top half. I mean, they've been a bit like us in some regard, haven't they? That kind of yo-yo team a little bit between League yeah. One and the Championship. And they've always been that team where you expect to get three points against, I think, in the Championship. But certainly that's not the case. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. Why can't we have this money ball method, by the way? <laughs> I was just thinking it's the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know no, what I mean? Well, why can't we? It takes, it takes money. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm sat in Brentford right now and people will sit there and go, they play the champagne brand of football. They play, you know, great football. They have a great recruitment process. But trust me, I, I went to school with someone who's very, very heavily involved in their analysis and data department. If you listen to my podcast, 72 Plus, sorry, Nick, for plugging it. That's all right, mate. Plug it away. It's a good, it's a good show. Yeah, very good show. Darren McAntony talks about how he's a data man, not data, data. Yeah? <laughs> very, very simple. You see Peterborough picking out players like the Ivan Tonys of this world, like the Junior Moraes, like the Marcus Madison's X, Y, Z. 
by Brits on belongers and making money of them. That's because they build data models, they build structural models, and they stick to these models. There's no scattergun approach to recruitment. Plus, people have to have patience. And I don't think Millwall fans have the patience. If they have two, three years of, of you know, trying to play a brand of football but losing, I think they'll get impatient. They'll, they'll, they'll become very, very impatient. And at the end of the day, the, the brand of football you see teams trying to play is, is different. And Brentford are one key example. They've done money ball with money. They're able to go and spend two, three, four million pounds on a player like, say, Ben Rama and send him for 30. And the same with Sergi Canos and with uh, Ollie Watkins yeah, and yeah. with all these players. They're able to go and scout these players and coaching it. Coaching is such a big, big, big thing. When Thomas Frank took over at Brentford, Brentford were on a run of something like 19 games without a win, something stupid like that. And after 10 games, after considering they had one, I literally thought he's about to get the tin tack. But, but you know, it's about the project and, and having an interest in the project. And, you know, I look at someone like Dean Smith. Everyone casts your mind back to when Brentford had Mark Warburton as their manager and then they let him go at the end of the season. Everyone's going, like, the owner's on crack. You know, like, what the fuck are you doing? He's, he, he's an utter. Mate, they went through Dykehouse and they went through all these different coaches. They landed on Dean Smith, someone who turned Ollie Watkins into a classer, who turned Ben Rahm into a classer, who turned Rico Henry into a classer, who can coach well. Now, you look at the knock-on effect. Dean Smith's got a Brentford. Mate, Dean Smith is the reason Jack Grealish is going to be a great player. Not Jack Grealish. Dean Smith is the reason he's going to be a great player rather than just a good player. It's all in the coaching, having a head coach rather than a manager. A manager has its say on, on everything that's going on in the club, in and around the club. A head coach is someone who can coach someone very, 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 very well. And that's what Barnsley have got with Valerian Ishmael. That's what Brentford have got with, with Thomas Frank. And Thomas Frank, again, mate, you know, you see the methods he does, he's known. People think he's a bit weird. He is a bit weird. The truth <laughs> of the matter is, he's a very, very, very good coach, man. And, and sometimes, and I think, in, in fact, you know what, in the, the era we're moving into in football having a head coach and a head of recruitment is better than having a manager one man why why have one man doing the job when you can have two people you know you look at and you know what key example Luton last night and I've banged on about him so much Mick Harford the yeah, guy is yeah. a yeah. genius when it comes to finding players on a shoestring budget Mick Harford will find you and then Nathan Jones will coach him mate you know I know the inside story at Luton Nathan Jones pissed a lot of people off a hell of a lot of people off when he left Luton yeah he was not a wanted man back then went to Stoke it failed he turned around and he insisted on going and apologising to the fans and said I want to come home and make it right and do you know what they could have just told him to do one they, they yeah. sorted things out with Graham Jones granted they were going down but Nathan Jones came in and it proves he's a very very good coach he kept him up look at the run of the form they went on towards the end of last season he kept them up and do you know what They'll stay in the division this year. And no doubt about it, they'll keep building and building and building. And I reckon Luton are going to be a solid enough championship outfit for the next few years to come because they've got the model. They've got the head of recruitment. They've got the data analysis. They've got the stats. And they're buying the right players. And again, there's no scattergun approach. You apply that to Milder. And the questions I'm going to put to you, boys. One, if Mill were to appoint a head coach rather than a manager, would you be pleased, A, and would you give it time and patience? And would the fan base give it time and patience? And two, would the Millwall fans appreciate that you're going to change the brand of football as well? That's, a, that's a, an interesting question because I was just thinking as you were, as you were talking there, Aaron, I mean, 
that requires patience and it requires a long-term vision to two um, traits that are the, the club have not traditionally been very well known for but they are essential if, if that kind of transformation is going to take place very hard question I, mean, I think I think and this is my I might be um, I might be looking at it through rosy tinted spectacles but I think if Mill fans detect progress and detect a commitment to a certain style and that style achieves at least some results if, if not you know, you don't have to kind of um, tear the league up immediately. But I think there, there, there would be a willingness to, um, to 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 persist with it. And the reason I'm saying that is despite how it finished with Ian Holloway, he was given quite a long time. And then at least on the surface, he was engaged in some form of project along, largely speaking, those lines. Uh, in the end, it didn't work and it all finished up where it finished up. But when he began, he had this kind of um, almost a re-education kind of um, pro- process in, in mind. And people stuck with him for a lot longer than I might have expected. So um, I think if it's done well and done right and the explanations are, are forthcoming and the players are seen to be promising, then possibly. What do you think, Mike? Do you think the Millwall fans have that kind of levels of patience? I, I like to think we do, but what do you think? Um, we do on this call, uh, but I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know how many at the Den would... Um, but I guess my point isn't this a little bit of what perhaps Rowett's trying to do. You know, he's introduced uh, a you know more wing back play. Um, you know, we we are playing a different formation away from four four two. I can't remember the last time we played four four two. Not not a lot this season. Not this season. So I guess you know the style of play has changed to an extent. And I think when we've got our best players um, fit, I think you know we look like a decent, quite a decent footballing side. Um, certainly when we went on that run of games of where we actually won a few, we did look very good. And also, you know, he has brought in this new head of recruitment from Birmingham, who, quite frankly, I know nothing no. uh, about. So, you know, it is are we going to be a bit smarter with transfers, and you know, not going to go to the extent of the models that we've discussed with Brentford, but maybe try and move a little bit towards um, that. Um, we certainly don't have the financial backing, I think, to even spend probably five million on a player. But if we can find the right bargains out there, that's possible. And and I think you've got to give credit to Gary Rowett in some regards with the players he's brought in already. I think <clears throat> Kifton Bell has been a very good sign of what we've seen. Really impressed with Evans um, so far. I think Mason Bennett, although he's a bit inconsistent, is a good squad player at this level. Scott Malone, again, who I think has been one of our better players this season. And if, I think he's out of contract at Derby. So I think perhaps we'll pick him up on a free. You know, so he, 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 although these are players he knows, I think he, he has started to improve the squad. So hopefully this can continue, you know, in the summer. Um, but we'll see. But... I mean, we've already had patience with Rowett as well, chaps, haven't we? I think going through that spell where we didn't win for 15 games, I know Harry was uh, (laughs) starting to uh, wave the white flag to get rid of him, but we've kept the faith and, you know, he has turned it round in a way, hasn't he? So I I think there is a better destination ahead if Gary Rowett is given the time and the infrastructure that, that Aaron talks about, the modern football club infrastructure that might allow him to achieve it. We... We shall see. Give me um, a score prediction for Saturday, Aaron Paul, as you've got work to do tonight. What do you think? Uh, Barnsley versus Millwall. So I'm being distracted by my colleague, Billy Reeves from BBC London here. Can you ask him for his prediction of the ask, uh, ask Bill, Barnsley Ask Billy Millwall for, his, for his prediction, yeah. So, Bill, can, can we have your prediction for Barnsley versus Millwall? Yeah, hold on a minute. Bill, Bill's going to come and talk about Barnsley. We might as well. Yeah, go on, on, in. Come in. 
Well, welcome in Billy Reeves, uh, the BBC London Travel Report. Now, my goodness me, they work hard. They made, against Brentford, a rugby-style substitution. Bought off the front three, replaced them with another front three. They're getting better, and they're going to be a real test of all because they will keep going and keep going. I predict nil-nil with three sendings off. <laughs> there you go. Not a bad BBC prediction. Radio London's Billy Reeves there with a, a wonderful prediction School and prediction. a bit of insight. There for us on uh, on Acton Mill. I'm going one-one, boys. Sorry, I, I think it'd be good to get a point out of that. A really, a real, really good to get a point out of uh, out of Burnsley on Saturday. Um, yeah, another draw. It's, it's it's not gonna. Yeah, it's gonna be another draw. It's it's not gonna be fun. Mike, uh, how do you see? You've got you've got uh, Mrs. Mrs. Hayden's spaghetti bolognese to go and sort. What are, you, are you making a spag bowl, Mike? Um, I'm making a pesto chicken type pesto pasta chicken. Thing. This is not the um, meal I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're well, yeah, that is a gentrified dish. It, yeah, so it should be very nice, hopefully. Um, yeah, I, I, to, you, to be honest, I was going to go one all as well. I mean, I'm just thinking we might as well try and break the draw record now. Come on, let's do it. You know, we'll get something this season right out of it, break the old draw record. But um, yeah, I can see another draw, I think. I'm I'm a bit concerned about Barnsley. I don't really know what to expect. I think they're going to try and play us play us around and have a lot of the ball, but I think we'll hit them where it hurts and, and get a point out of it in the end. Yeah, I think um, I think I'd have to join the uh, the, the chaps in in uh, in going for another draw. I just don't see that we have the firepower to decisively win it on Saturday. So I'll, I'll go with a one-all draw just to uh, just to join in. The group. That's a good moment to switch over to um, a little recording I made earlier regarding the Lions Food Hub and also the MSC's Race to the Euros Appeal. So big thank you to the chaps for joining us. Aaron from the Brentford Community Stadium. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much, Nick. Live from his kitchen somewhere north of the M25, Mr. Mike Hayden. Thank you for joining <laughs> the show, Mike. Thank you very much, Nick. Yeah, enjoyable conversation. Achtung. Just to close tonight's show out, I spoke by WhatsApp message. Do you speak by WhatsApp message? I communicated by WhatsApp message earlier on with Kelly Webster of our chosen charity, the Lions Food Hub, at Lions Food Hub on Twitter. I just wanted to check in with Kelly to see how things are going. Um, We've been able to make a couple of donations from the show, which I'm very pleased about, dear listeners. Um, so I asked her how, how it's going, and this is her reply. She, I, I tried to get her to give me a voicemail, but she's um, she's a shy one. Kelly Webster, you're a shy one. So she's saying here, the Lions Food Hub is doing well. We've started helping more and more people in the area, the SC16 area, that is. Um, we have plans to run an Easter competition for the children on the estates, which we will give them, in which we will give them the ingredients to make something and post pictures to win prizes. That's a great idea. Um, we do need a few items like deodorant, shower gel, toothpaste, but generally speaking, anything to keep our stocks up. So I'm guessing there, tin food, dry pasta, rice, and the like. Uh, the Lions Food Hub is based at the at Gallywall Road on the on, in the Manor and Rennie Tenants Hall. Um, there is a link to the banquet donation site, which I will stick on the. It's on Twitter. We'll stick it on the show notes. You've probably seen it loads of times already. Um, she's asking me to mention, if possible, the benefit of monthly donations. Um, we've been able to make one or two single donations because we get our our um, advertising revenue monthly. So I've been able to put a little bit in monthly. But monthly donations gives Kelly the chance to plan like shopping. You know, you know what you're going to get. You can depend on it. And it means that she can buy stuff in ready 
to plan ahead. Um, she's asking if we can mention that for the for the uh, Lions Food Hub. Donations begin at £10 and upwards. So if you can spare a tenner a month, I know times are tough and I know a lot of people are, you know, in, in, in difficulties out there and are hurting, but it's a great cause. I can't think of many better, to be honest, other than making sure kids in our area are properly fed. Um, the monthly donation on, on Banquet will be a great, great help. Um, we donate all of our advertising money now that we make from the show to the Lions Food Hub. Um, we put 200, we put 300 in actually. Now I think I've put 100 pound in recently. Um, so I'm quite happy to carry on doing that. It's a great, great cause. And it's on Twitter if you want to check that out, at Lions Food Hub. So big thank you to Kelly for giving me those WhatsApp messages to keep us updated as to what she's doing. I also want to mention, if I may, the MSC, the, the Mill Supporters Club, uh, their website. They have a um, an appeal on there which is called Race to the Race to the Euros, um, which is a, a an appeal to um, for people to join in. I think you do it individually. It's like a like a collective running or I guess walking or the, the image shows a, a chap riding a bike, and this is all in is in aid of the Mill Community Trust, a new bursary project which will offer. Financial support to participants of their many, many programs. They do great work at the MS, uh, the MCT, Mill Community Trust. You can find links on the Mill Supporters website, on their Twitter feed, and indeed on millcommunity.org.uk. It's called the Race to the Euros. It's a virtual challenge involving many uh, running, um, bikes, you name it, swimming, I guess, all sorts of stuff. You do it virtually, so you're not competing Physically, without anyone else, you're doing it for yourself, and it's for a great cause. The Millwall Community Trust Race to the Euros Virtual Challenge. Visit millcommunity.org.uk. Big thank you to the chaps for that um, rather um, chaotic at times um, conversation with, with Aaron at Brentford and also to Mike. Um, we're going to be back after the away game at Barnsley on Saturday. I'll be speaking to, I think it's Harry at the weekend. So until this Sunday, big thank you to you for listening, dear listeners. And arrivederci, Millwall, and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arrivederci, Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? <laughs> 